Welcome to the November edition of Winning at Home's Home Run Club. We are so grateful to you for your support and blessing to us over not only the months, but the years. And we are so grateful because we're continuing to carry forth the name of the Lord. And that's what we're going to be doing today. We enter November, coming soon into December, these times of the year where there's lots of family uh, time together, Thanksgiving, Christmas. But also during those times, I know it's a place of stress. Sometimes you can feel you're in opposition. You can feel like, oh, I'm going to an environment I don't know how I'm going to be able to win. I get it. I understand what you're feeling. And today I want to share a message with you that I shared live with an audience about simply living to make sure that we honor God even when we're facing opposition. Daniel was in that very circumstance. He was answering questions to the king that were literally impossible to answer. Only the Lord God could give him the favor and the wisdom to be able to move forward. And you might feel you're in that very spot with your family today. There's some circumstance. Or coming into Thanksgiving, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to be around this person. (laughs) I don't know what to do. Perfect. This is the place where only God can give you guidance and peace in whatever you're about to face. So I trust this message will minister to you, give you some practical ways that you can seek the Lord when you're in that opposition moment. So may the Lord bless you as you listen, and here we go. I want to talk to you today about understanding that wherever you are, whatever spot you're in, whatever you're facing today, God's got you. And if I could leave you with one overwhelming theme, it would be this. God is majestic and all-powerful, and He will walk alongside you with whatever you're facing. And I hope and pray that my words will come out in such a way that that will make really good sense to you. I drove, as I usually do, all the way around the campus today just praying, God, help these words to penetrate deeply to those who just need to know your God. The story is in Daniel chapter 2. We will read some of the specific words on the screen in a moment, but let me tell you where we are in the story. King Nebuchadnezzar, a powerful king, whatever he wishes and wills is done. King Nebuchadnezzar goes to sleep, has a crazy dream. Wakes up, the dream scares him to death. Many of you have had that same thing. Go to sleep, wake up, whoa, that was a crazy dream. What could that mean? Nebuchadnezzar woke up and said, I want to know what this dream means. So they brought his astrologers in, the people who did that for him, soothsayers, diviners, different people who would do their best to try to interpret these dreams. They brought one in to King Nebuchadnezzar, and the astrologist said to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, tell me the dream and I'll interpret it for you. Pretty normal kind of statement they would have made. But in this case, King Nebuchadnezzar looks back at the astrologer and says, no, that's not how we're doing it today. Today, you're going to tell me my dream first so that I really know you're able to interpret things. I want you to tell it to me and then interpret it. Can you imagine the pressure? And then the king said to him, and if you don't, I'll have you and all the other astrologers cut into little pieces. I'd call that opposition. I'd call that a tough spot. And the astrologer looks at King and said, that's that's not possible. I mean, you got to at least tell me the dream. Nope. Nope, we're not playing that game today. You got to tell me what I dreamed. It's impossible. 
And so his right-hand man, Arioch, went out and began to tell all of the astrologists and all of the people who did that for a living, the magicians, you guys, somebody needs to go and tell him the dream. And he got to Daniel. Daniel was a prophet. He was included in those group of people who could interpret things. And they went to Daniel, this man of God. And Arioch said to him, hey, Daniel, um, the king needs to know what his dream was and means. And if you can't interpret it, he's going to cut you to pieces. And I want you to notice in the Bible what it says right here. It says that Daniel spoke to Arioch with wisdom and with tact. We don't see that word very often in the Bible. In fact, the definition's coming up on the screen. What is tact? What does it even mean? Do you have tact today? In your situations where you're facing opposition, do you just go into the meeting and just ramrod everything you think right down people's throat? Or in your family, do you speak with tact? Or do you speak with, hey, I'm the divine authority and here I am. Daniel spoke with tact. In other words, he was saying, i got to be a little sensitive here. I'm dealing with a difficult issue. I need a keen sense of what to do or say in order to maintain good relations here with the king's right-hand man. I would say to you, um, as believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, can I explain to you God is looking for us in our conversations with those who oppose what we would stand for and believe. We need to do what we do with tact. We don't do that very good. There's some of you in here, you have none. You have tax. You throw tax, but you don't have tax. And Daniel had tax. I've been in meetings where somebody speaks, and it would be a person I actually agree with. But the way they present what they're saying, I change my vote. It's just like, man, you were ugly. You're coming across ugly, you're coming across gross. You make me not even want to vote for what I was previously voting for. No tact. Situations in life when you're maybe even sharing your faith, do it with tact. There are people right now who don't believe in what we're in this room celebrating the name of Jesus Christ. They call us fools. If you go up to them and go, you actually the fool. They're not, it's not tact. They're not going to look and go, thank you for pointing that. They're just not going to do that. You're called to a higher standard. You're called to a higher. You're more accountable now because you know truth. Someone who doesn't know truth can't see what they can't see. Have tact. Daniel had tact. And Daniel said to the right-hand man, can I speak to the king a second? And so he took him to the king. You need to know when you approach the king back in that day, they could kill you for just approaching them. They could do whatever they want. Daniel approached the king and said, King, you've asked a big one here. Um, I need some time. And the king said, okay. And Daniel went back to his home and he talked to his three Hebrew friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he said to them, hey, guys, we need to pray. We got a situation that's touchy. We got a shot at getting cut to pieces. 
So we need some wisdom here. The king has had a dream, and he's telling us, tell us what his dream was, and then interpret it. Double, dual thing he's asking for. Wow, we need God's help. And so they went to prayer. And the Bible says during the night, Daniel was given the dream. Wow, just amazing God's power. God gives Daniel the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had and told him what it meant and how to interpret it. And I want you to see the very first thing that Daniel does when that happens is what I'm about to read on the screen. Daniel stopped and prayed and thanked God. I love this. He didn't run, tell everybody, got it, got the dream. No, he paused and said, wow, I couldn't have done this without Almighty God doing what he does. Now, I want to pause here a minute. I'm going to say something a little risky. I've been making an observation the last six months to a year in that time frame. I'm going to make an observation about churches. I travel the country. In an effort to make people feel comfortable at church, which is wonderful. In an effort to bring God into more of a relatable relationship, which is wonderful. In an effort to do that, I believe in some ways we've, we've reduced God down to man-made size to make him buddy-buddy, hang out with you. He's just my chum. He's right here with me. That's true, but he's also God. He's also supreme. He's also to be magnified and worshipped. You can't keep God at a little man-made level. He's far above that. And this story from Daniel proves it. I want you to see today, our God is a majestic, awesome, powerful God. And compared to him, we're, the best way I can illustrate is we're just a little mist. We're here and we're gone. You've seen this before, but look how long it lasts. This morning, I had the privilege of preaching over there in the chapel because Pastor Craig isn't here, and so I had the honor of getting to speak in there this morning. That chapel brings a lot of nostalgia to this old dude. That's where I broke my teeth on preaching. That's where I began to have my first opportunities to preach. And that, the, the little chapel that I used to go in and pray to the Lord before I would preach, there's a little room back there still there. And I went in that little room and I just knelt and I was like, oh man, Lord, 30 years ago, you let me start preaching right here. And I just paused and said, where'd that go? That's 30 years. If time lasts, I'm 63. I, I might have, I might on a really, really good day have 20 or 30 more left. We pass. And Daniel was saying, I serve a God, and you're going to see it at the close of the service. I serve a God who is everlasting. He is from beginning to end. He had no beginning, He has no end. But you, your life pretty quick. And we miss that because we get caught up in our own mist. Look how wet I am. 
And I want to say to you, Daniel recognized, I ain't got no answer unless God shows up. And somebody in here today is dealing with a situation, you ain't got no answer unless God shows up. And I want you to see what happened with Daniel. He prays. The boys prayed. He gets the dream. And go this afternoon if you have time and read the dream. What a dream it was. Wow, not even getting into the dream. It was crazy. And Daniel interpreted the whole thing. And Daniel paused and said these words. Let's go back to the very one before that. The first thing Daniel said is, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. All authority is under His supreme authority. There's nothing that happens that God's not in charge of. Nothing happens God's not in control of. And I want you to not lose your awe for God. When it comes to building bridges like Daniel had to do to build a bridge to Nebuchadnezzar, do it with tact. Understand that it's about more than you. Understand that it's about honoring the name of the one who created you. Don't build, I will build my life on me. No, on him. Don't sing about yourself. Don't praise yourself. Daniel paused to say, whoa. Wisdom and power is not mine. It comes from God. Then secondly, he continued to say this. Praise be to the name of God forever. And then he wrote this. He changes times and seasons. This one baffled me for a bit. I was like, wait a minute, you're just talking about the power and the authority of God. Then all of a sudden you're talking about a season? He deposes kings and raises up others. So I really pondered this a while. I sat in my office on a little stool I have and just pondered, what's that mean? Why, why did all of a sudden Daniel switch to this little season thing? And I'm driving the other day in my vehicle on one of those really, really hot days. And I was just talking to the Lord about this. Lord, why is that in the Bible? Like on Sunday when I talk to the people, what am I going to say about he changes times and seasons? And the Lord just laid this so cool, beautifully on my heart. A couple things happened he laid on my heart. The first one was this. So Dan, he didn't speak to me. No turtle doves hit the window. But it just had this thought in my spirit. Look outside, Dan. It's like 100 degrees. In a very few days, it will be winter. Sorry to drop that on you, but it's coming quick. And I wanted to say something about that. The Lord just laid on my heart. Stop it. Like, try to stop winter from coming. Laughable. We could all go outside today and go, no winter, no winter, no, stay away. And it's going to start snowing on us. You don't, you don't control it. You don't decide when it comes. I've seen it 62 times and it's going to come again. Because you can't stop it. And we get all caught up in what we can, I can, I can, I, go stop winter. Go stop it. Like get you a big sign and stand outside and say, I'm stopping winter. People going to drive by going, they need to be checked in. <laughs> it's foolishness. It's foolishness. But we still get caught up in thinking we've got a lot of control. And basically, 
Daniel was saying, I got nothing here. The great God I serve, he's saying, since he can control the seasons, he's got Nebuchadnezzar too. Nebuchadnezzar thinks he's all that. Nah. God chooses when he's king and chooses when he's not king. All powerful. And then a little bit after that, I was on, out on the water and there was a person on the paddleboard there and we were by each other and then they were gone. And about 30 minutes later, I looked up and was just like, where are they? Where, where's that paddleboard? And I saw them in the way distant. It was near sunset and, and the water was there and there's some trees in the background and then the little bitty person. I was like, wow, I think of that person as pretty strong and pretty powerful. And look at that. Hardly see him. I couldn't make out who that was if I tried. We're so deposable. And yet, look at Daniel. God used him powerfully because he had, listen, he had already surrendered who he was for the glory of God. And for many of us in the room, we got some surrendering left. We got some stuff about, about like us that we need to go, God, it's not about me. And he holds it all in the palm of his hand. That's what this little verse says is, it, it, like, like, look at my hands. God can hold it all, the universe, in a palm. I got it. And I'll decide it's your winter season now. But I don't want that. That won't be your choice. I control it all. I keep the earth spinning on its axis. I allow the sun to rise. You don't tell it when to come up and go down. That's my authority. We miss that some days. You're going to walk outside today and see his powerful creation as you watch people get baptized. While you're clapping coming out of the water, look up and go, Wow, I forget this sometimes, Lord. It's why his word says men are without excuse because we see his power every day. And then we get to a verse that I think I need to read two or three times. I don't know how many times I'll read it. I want it to sink into you. I want you to let this verse speak for itself. I'm not going to try to define it. As I read it, I want you to let it sink in to your soul. You pick what part speaks to you. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells in him. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep, hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells in him. Honestly, I wish I had a mic. I would drop it here.
Somebody sitting in here, you see that little line up there that says deep and hidden things? That's for you today. There's something you're going through that you're like angry about it. And you keep choosing to go down the anger road and all it's doing is hurt you. And God's wanting to take you deeper in Him. And you hide from it and you run from it. And you pretend it's not there. And when people ask how you're doing, you always say, I'm fine. But you're hurting deep. And I invite you to understand this verse right here speaks to your soul. If you're new in the faith, you're wondering, why is he taking so long on that? I'm going to tell you why. On Tuesday, um, this wasn't part of my message. On Tuesday, it happened. A guy asked for an appointment with me from another part of the state. I didn't really know him. I'd heard of him. He came to my office and walked in. And I said, hey, why are you here? And he said, well, I, I got three things. And he rattled off a couple of them. And then he said, and the third thing is, um, you're 63 and I'm 50. And I was like, okay, knows a little bit about me. And he said, I want you to tell me what has changed in your life in the last 13 years that I haven't lived yet. What do I have ahead? And I said, that is a loaded question. And I'm going to be very vulnerable with you this morning. This was not part of my message, but after Tuesday it became part of this sermon. Thirteen years ago, I was pretty broken, pretty shattered. My family had been through a lot of things I never anticipated. I dreaded preaching. You didn't know it. I got up here and did it because I'm called to do it. I would get through the sermon. But I definitely struggled inside. I drove in my car late at night sometimes just trying to find a place to get away. I remember driving through Muskegon at 2 in the morning, not knowing why, had no agenda, didn't go anywhere, just drove around. I drove too fast a couple of times hoping something would happen. I'm just being honest. My last 13 years began really horrible. But in that 13 years, I found out that what I preach about is true. God had hidden and deep places. He wanted to take me 
that I didn't know about. He wanted to assure me that I was his kid even though I felt completely broken. He wanted me to know that he doesn't love me only in the good times. And he wanted to restore my joy for preaching. I can hardly wait to preach these days. I wish every day was Sunday. I, I know where I'm preaching the next couple of weeks. They better get ready because I'm coming. Because I love teaching you what God's Word says. And I, we are in a culture where the generation of millennials and younger are craving truth. And when you stand up and preach the Word of God, it's awesome to watch them respond from a high school chapel to an elementary school. They're just hungry. I have a four-year-old grandson sitting over here right now listening. I think there are some words Papa's saying that penetrate in that little boy's head. And I love getting to tell you that the God who created you knows your brokenness right now. And if you're feeling desperate and unworthy and no good and like your life has no value, I invite you to understand he has deep and hidden things he wants to show you in this season. And when he shows it to you, you get a fervor and a joy in you. Like, I'm 63. I dare any of you to race me today. I just mean I have great joy. All I mean is I've got a zest for life that can't be given by man. And I used to want that. I know I'm standing here pretty calm, but it's because inside I'm just wanting to go, God, it's so good. Grab him right now. If you're in the suck spot of life, he's got you. And he wants to show you something right there. And the only way you're going to get that is time with him. Not his people. That's good. Go get it. But I want you first to get time with the Father. And he has proven Psalm 23 to me, he restores my soul. I have a soul in here, I don't know where it is, but it's in there. It's restored. I love, again, the calling. Because when the Lord restores you, he restores your joy in what you've been called to do. And I know, it may be only two people in here today, it might be one you're at the bottom, you're facing opposition, you pick it, family, work, spouse, divorce situation, pick it. In that opposition, Jesus is strong. And I'm telling you today, he is with you. And I want you to know that and I want you to see something. I see movement behind me, so they're wanting me to wrap up. <laughs> so I'll try. 
Nebuchadnezzar gets the dream. It's revealed to him. He's brought back in. I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar has the dream. Daniel gets the re reveal of it. Daniel comes to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar asks him the question. Let me read it to you. Nebuchadnezzar said to him, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? You think you know what Daniel's response is, but let me read it to you. No wise man, no enchanter, no magician, no person can explain to the king the mystery he has asked. But there is a God in heaven who can. Did y'all hear that? But there is a God in heaven who can. Daniel took no glory to himself. Everything he had just prayed to the Lord about, he said, and by the way, God is still God, Neb. And then he went on for the rest of the chapter. Y'all need to read it. Interpreted the whole dream. And I said, at least read this to you. Listen to Nebuchadnezzar's words. Nebuchadnezzar, who didn't even like God, when Daniel finished, said, the great God has shown the king what will take place in our future. Wow. <laughs> Talk about pivoting on a dime. And today, I need y'all to leave here knowing that God is God. He got you. You say, my circumstance isn't easy. Was that one? Is this book filled of easy circumstances? No. So you go today. Be humble. Be surrendered. Stop thinking about your stinking self so much. Let the mist of your life reflect God's droplets. And Lord God, I pause to pray over us all. You're a great God. You're majestic. I need to get out of your way more. Forgive me for my self-centeredness. I got it, Lord. Sometimes I'm so stinking self-centered. And I pray you'd remind me you are God. You are over all. And today, let those of us who are facing opposition begin to have conversations that reflect more your power. And thank you for a man named Daniel who did that well. Bless us as we depart this place. As we go out to baptism, let your spirit flow over those waters. And remind us you're a great God and King. Help us to always worship you. I would ask you to take and apply the things I've shared today in your own life and in your own family. You know, the name of this ministry is Winning at Home. It doesn't mean perfect at home. It means we're seeking to grow and honor the Lord and doing the best we can to grow in Him in whatever we face. And so I pray and trust the Lord has given you some thoughts and guidance on what that would look like for your family as we go through this month of Thanksgiving and then into the month of Christmas celebrating His birth. So may the Lord encourage you and strengthen you and give you His continued peace. And of course, during this month of November, I would again thank you for your faithful financial support. This is the time of year we rely on your donations Thank you for those and for believing in what we do. We will seek to continue to carry the name of the Lord Jesus Christ forth, and we appreciate your financial support and prayers as we do so. May God bless you, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving celebrating God's goodness to you and to your family.